welcome back to the weekly watt for saturday may 28th 2022 i'm one of your hosts colin jenkins alongside the future of fitness himself eric malzone what's going on man hey happy saturday colin how you doing you you too you too uh so it sounds like you're heading on a plane in about an hour or an hour yeah. or two yeah man i'm uh well it's memorial day weekend heading out to <laughs> yep. uh back to california to, to go see my mom, going to hit some wine country. So uh, as I was saying, the weather in Montana has been uh, disappointingly cold for the month of May. So I'm excited to yeah. uh, get some sunshine on my face, man. Should be good. Yeah, the weather's like so spread out right now. I was saying, you know, California right now, it's super nice as it usually is. But usually uh, is. on the East Coast, it's like blazing hot lately. Like uh, I've been looking at my the YouTube channel and like the ice barrel reviews going like, off the charts because really? everyone's just looking up ice like how to how to stay cool like uh it's it's insane but uh it's it's entertaining too to see what's how the weather affects uh you know purchasing behavior and what people want uh not many people i'm guessing are buying ice barrels in montana right now maybe uh, i don't think so <laughs> you never know yeah you never yeah know. just walk outside and for 10 minutes and you're good um yeah uh anything else neil you've been uh, up to anything yeah, well, lots of stuff, man. I mean, um, yeah. you know, pumping out the the Future Fitness podcast, uh, <clears throat> working on a bunch of different projects, uh, you know, within the industry. And I was, as I was telling you, which could be relevant to today, planning a uh, virtual summit uh, sometime in mid June for the fit tech company out of Europe. And uh, mm -hmm. there's a lot of interesting things, man. I'm, it's forcing me to do some research on the fitness industry overall and trends and what's hot, what people want to talk about, uh, all that stuff. So, you know, I'm sure we'll touch on that, but yeah, that's kind of keeping me busy, right? Right now, I'm just uh, ready to get into vacation brain. I think that's nice. that's the biggest thing. You know, it's I've, hard. I've been ready for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were always on vacation. I, my image yeah. of you when you uh, left California was you're just on a permanent state of vacation. Well, we kind of uh, I feel like that might be a misinformed. Uh, no, I, I, we yeah. were, uh, <laughs> especially I was because my wife kept her job. But, yep. uh, I was just blowing through the money that uh, <laughs> I, I got from selling the gyms. And then... Uh, <clears throat> Yeah. And then I had to grow up at some mm -hmm. point, I guess, you know, be responsible again. And gotcha. And here we are. Right. Yep. This is me yep. growing up. <laughs> oh, man. So I have an interesting kind of story for connected fitness stuff for you, sure. too. Uh, so uh, I was going to make a video on this. I don't know if I'll ever have time to. But uh, so we moved into this new house you know, a few weeks ago. And I at night, it was getting kind of dry, a little art. You know, I was coughing a little bit. And I noticed my daughter was coughing a little bit. So I was like, oh, you know what I should do? I should get a uh, humidifier. Hmm. Um, I just stuck a humidifier in, put it on at night, and that'll make things better. And then, like, so I did. I bought one for each of the rooms. And then every, like, every night, it would get worse. I, I felt worse and worse. It, it was, like, the problem was actually getting worse. And I was just, it was just felt nasty. I was like, I don't know what's wrong with this house. Like something's messed up with this house. Like there's something, there's some fungus, there's something going on. Cause I can't, like my wife wasn't affected, but me and my daughter were like messed up. Um, <laughs> and so I bought on Amazon, there's like a little like Alexa, like air quality tracker that I purchased. So I, I bought that and it showed like the air quality in the house was not that great. I don't know if you, do you know much about air quality and like how it like numbers and health related stuff? Well, I know all. like the there I'm familiar in the context of mold. Like Okay. That that's that's about it, really. But I, I know AQI. Like okay, mm -hmm. so I take that back. Two ways I yeah. know the context is mold and smoke. So we get a okay. lot of, you know, 
fire. Well, obviously California has a lot of fires. We get, you know, forest fires here. So those are the two ways I know AQI. Yeah. And, and so many people are more familiar with like outdoor AQI. It's more like probably like an outdoor, is that more like outdoor measurement? Of yeah. Air quality, I believe. Yeah. It's so, usually like particulates per parts per million in the air. Something like yes. That. And so people are kind of familiar with that, but that's not like a great way typically measured for indoor air quality. Um, and mostly indoor air quality. I mean, you could look at like, you obviously want to make sure there's not carbon monoxide poisoning and stuff like that. But uh, there are other things you need to look at is uh, called particulate matter. And there's mm-hmm. particulate matter 2.5 and particulate matter 10. 10 is more like just like allergy stuff, like bigger 10 and 2.5 being like the size of the particles themselves. Got it. Got uh, 2.5 is, that's like, it's particularly bad because it, it's too small to be filtered. And so it goes right into your lungs and it causes like long-term issues if you're in a, will have a lot of that type of particulate matter. Sure. Um, and there's also still like organic matter too, which is like fungi that like, or, or like chemicals. It's more like chemicals, I think. So those are things you can measure. Um, but anyway, so I, I put this measurement on and at night, all of us, like it was not great during the day, but it wasn't like dangerous levels. It was like moderate levels. But at night, it will all of a sudden like, for the P, P, um, particulate matter 2.5, like the dangerous kind, that is dangerous. Uh, like it's really dangerous when you get to above 250 to 500. At 500, it's like not good. Like you got to get out. Right, right. So it would hit up to like 2,000, 2,500 <laughs> in the middle of the night. And I was like, what the hell? Uh, and I was like, oh, like in fans and, and blowing stuff. And I was like, this is like not. And it, was, it would help a little bit, but it was still like well over a 500. And we were just like coughing. I was like, okay, I can't like. I ordered a air filter. So I was like, okay, I finally, I finally ordered a air filtration to help that. And I, it was like going to be a two day shipping. So I even went and just bought air filters on top of that. I was like, I'll just put them in every room. I'll just put these in the bedroom for now. Yeah. Um, and so the air filters themselves have like measurements as well. So they can tell you the measurement of the air. Um, and they were doing good. Like, like they made the air super clean. And then at night it showed like they were like revving up because they were fighting whatever was causing all that weird i was like what the hell is like because i know it like you know particular matter does drop as temperature lowers so maybe it was from the vents or something like that but i was like it doesn't make sense and so i was like oh then i was like and i clicked i was like you know what let me let me just research like if humidifiers can cause like air quality issues and uh i guess not people know this but like and it's not super research but if you put non um like purified or distilled water in in a in a purifier it will destroy your air quality that all that's all it was so so you created your own yeah so it wasn't the greatest air quality but i created this disaster and you read the instructions on this thing and it says you know we suggest using purified water but that should it doesn't it just says we just suggest using so i figured it was more of like the, the life of the machine, like the machine won't have to work so hard to make it, but that's not, that's not the case at all. It just, it literally makes it a toxic environment that like, if you were in that environment for a month, I would say like 10 years of your life would be gone. Like it was that bad. It was disgusting. <laughs> well, like, that's, that's high 2000. And it says what the safe range is 500 below. So the- long-term range, long-term range, it should be under 12. Mm. That's like good for long-term Short term, if it's under 35, you're probably pretty good, but ideally you want it under 12. Uh, so our, ours during the day was around 35, 40. So it was a little, it was a little high, but nothing yeah. crazy. Um, 
but yeah, once you get into the 500 range, you got to get out. And this was like, if you go into a thousand, like if you're above 500, that's why like, like life uh, expectancy in some areas of India is like super low it's because yeah. their air quality is, you know, shit. And so like, basically I created this disaster, but like, you feel like humidifiers should have a, a absolute warning that do not use just tap water. Cause what, I guess what, they, what happens is the chemicals that you drink in tap water, they're fine for you to drink but they're not fine for you to breathe. Mm. And that can even be an issue because so when the chemicals get into the air, they can get into the air from like showers or from just cooking and stuff like that. So it's interesting to see. Uh, it's definitely interesting to measure air, air quality. Um, but now that I have these like air, tons of air filters, I'm like a lot happier, but I'm still coughing <laughs> up a ton because I feel like I, I survived like uh, like a week and a half, a week of just disgusting nighttime air i guess but that's interesting because i over the winter it gets really dry here uh yeah because we get cold and it, we're just far north so it gets dry so i put a humidifier on and i had you know caught i never got tested but i presumed it was covid at the beginning of the year and then i just thought i had long covid for like three months and i'm wondering yeah. if it's because i was running my my humidifier constantly using sink water Although the water here is pretty clean. Yeah, I was. I'm, like, dude, every I'm night. telling you, look it up. And then te- like if you have an air uh, measurement, mm-hmm. and they're cheap. You can get them from like Amazon for pretty cheap. Get one. I would even suggest getting an air filter because I think now that I'm looking at the research of like how much it affects your like life quality and your, your health, oh, I yeah. can't believe how yeah. I didn't even think about this or knew about this before. Uh, but um, yeah, I would definitely maybe check it out. I'm surprised these companies haven't been sued to hell by somebody because there's going to be somebody who has like a messed up lung yeah. from this. Um, like if you, I can't imagine why it hasn't been more studied or why it's not more known. Like I, I literally like, there's very few information, but you could, if I put the measurement next to the filter, you'll see just like particulate matter just go through the roof right next to it. It's insane. So uh, advice for anybody is, uh, don't use tap water <laughs> yeah. on a humidifier. Um, it's really bad. It's not not a good thing. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm healing from that. Okay. Good. So anyway, let's get better. back into the main topic for the episode today, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the weekly watch show, where each and every week we come together and nerd out about everything that is connected fitness and health. If you like that, you can head over and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Connect the Watts, to watch the show live. Or you can find the Weekly Watt podcast on any major podcast platform like Apple or Spotify. And if you're feeling extra helpful, make sure to leave us a review. We always appreciate that. Now, today we're going to be discussing our predictions for connected health and fitness for the remainder of 2022. We're about you know halfway through the year. Gosh. And this episode is made possible by today's sponsor, Tempo, makers of the Tempo Studio and Tempo Move. Um but you'll hear about more about them later. But for now, let's talk about our predictions for 2022. And, you know, Eric, you asked me to kind of clarify, like, my definition, I guess, of connected fitness and brain right. health. And so we kind of have uh, more of a ground to make these predictions for. So, um, you know, for Connect the Watts, in terms of, like, what we cover for connected fitness and health is basically anything that regards to your health and fitness that is both either connected to you, meaning like it takes internal like information either through like wearables or mm-hmm. like visual feedback, or it's connected to others, like be like a social element or um, in that type of thing. So, um, you know, I, I'm not sure if like watching like 
a DVD, you know, of <laughs> that is like considered connected the, fitness. the original so, connected fitness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't really consider that connected. That's just like watching like a DVD. I don't know. Maybe it is, but uh, if that DVD, if it was like a live show where you could see, you know, other people and compete against other people, I would consider that like a connected fitness platform. Sure. Or if it's <clears throat> that uh could utilize data for if your data was measured within that program and there was some meaningful connection to your own personal data i would consider that connected as well and same with same with health so anything you know if you're taking a um a thermometer i guess i mean i wouldn't consider that connected to fitness right but if the thermometer hooked up to like an app and some other measurements and and gave you more information or about yourself and then maybe so um it's kind of loose you know it's yeah. every, probably have their own um blind guidelines but that's kind of like where I, I fall on it i think yeah yeah and that's helpful i think before you kind of dive into a topic it's always nice to define a topic and for people when i find why i keep looking to my left there's a a, a pack of mule deer bucks that are like 10 feet away from my window so it's it's kind of distracting at times but it's cool um yeah yeah, yeah man well let's Let's dive into it because there's so much to talk about. I mean, I, I know, I think what we did, we wanted to focus on was predictions for the later half of the year and what's going on. And I, I think there's a lot. And I think as like mega theme of, of all this, I think there's, we, maybe we can dive into what this means exactly. Um, going from connected to smart seems to be the goal of many, many companies right and and what i mean by that just so we can you know once again be clear is like okay now we have all you know we're connected we have wearable data we have we're connected to a community where we're doing you know live or you know virtual workouts or, or something all of those things used to find but then what how do we actually turn that into like how does that become smart how does that guide what we're doing right from just collecting the data and showing us you know um feedback what, what it, where does it tell us like, okay, well, what do we do with that? And then how do we become, mm -hmm. you know, more smart with it? So like an example would be uh, e-gym, which is, you know, connect, taking connected equipment within gyms. And now they're going to actually make it so that, you know, it's more of a journey for the client. So you can have your, you know, wearable data that it syncs. And then every time you go into an e-gym fitted, uh, you know, gym that you could just maybe scan a card or biometrically it recognizes you and now it takes you on a journey you know through your training and then you know maybe suggest meal plans and things like that so it's taking all of the the stuff that we're gathering right now um mm -hmm. and turning it into to smart so i think that's one of the, the major themes if, if that's going to happen by the end of 2022 um well there's certainly tons of companies that are working on it um i don't know what that's mm -hmm. going to look like for the consumer but I, that seems to be a major trend that i see yeah, I, I mean, I think there's gonna be baby steps, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you might get go there, might recognize you and how many days you went, and you might be able to get your data on an app that you can take home and just visually see. Maybe that'll happen by the end of the year. I, I doubt you're gonna be going in and getting full like recognize you, and you'll follow the app and it'll like guide you through the whole. I mean, by the end of the year, I think that's happening. Yeah, I think it's happening now. I think, uh, I mean, I only, I only know this because you think it's happening like in gyms or in development. I think it's happening in some specific gyms. And the reason I say okay. that is because I'm working with eGym for, I'm doing a panel for them at Ursa. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm getting to know their product lines and there's definitely pilots, uh, of gyms, um, that are doing that. And I think another one, which we talked about a little bit last week, which is, you know, more for the home or the consumer is tonal, 
you know, they, they want to mm -hmm. become fully smart and, and, and kind of be in the center of like, um, you know, the, uh, internet of things with, within a home, which is kind of cool too. I mean, that's, that's, mm -hmm. that may be way out there, but they seem to be, uh, as I release the podcast, I think in two weeks from now, you know, Ollie will talk about it. Like <clears throat> they have the most, he says they may have the biggest data set on human physiology in, in human history. And I know that's all. I I I, that, I did the same thing that you're doing right now. I tilted <laughs> my head. I looked up to the sky. I was like, "Well, I need more." I mean, clarity that's, on that's that. I mean, that's 100. I mean, I guess it depends on how you define that. I mean, yeah, like Apple, like you know, anybody who has million. I mean, they have they don't even have a million clients. So it depends on how you define. If you define it by the quantity of movements versus how many people you have, I guess. Or is it pure data sets? Like, you know, like they definitely don't have the most data on human no, movement. That's for no, sure. It's gotta be uh, Apple. So right? that's on that or any of yeah, it could be Apple or a bigger tech company. I mean, Google, Google. probably just watches you through drone. Like probably knows <laughs> yeah. everything. Uh I mean, but I mean, no, I mean it's it's impressive. The data collection is impressive. Uh the hard part for these companies, I think, is organizing that data in meaningful ways. I mean, they have more data than they know what to do with, and typically it takes, I haven't seen any company really utilize that data in, in a very effective way to oh, yeah. personalize the experience uh, super effectively. I mean, there's minor things and people talk about it and there's tons of demos and people excited about it. Mm -hmm. But in terms of things that are here, like you can use and buy, that's going to personalize stuff really well to you based on your movement and your fitness level. There's very, very little, if anything, on the market that's, that's decent. Um, but we're close. And that's why I'm kind of curious about, you know, 2022, because yeah. we, we have six or seven months. Like, are we going to start seeing these things roll out in a consumer friendly way that people actually will want? Um, and I I know a lot of people are optimistic. Uh, like, you, like you sound like you're optimistic on a lot of this stuff. I'm a little bit less. So if you the market, yeah. I, I don't think many people are, all this stuff is expensive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right and so the market and people aren't spending as much money you know right now on um adding more complexity to their fitness so i'm not sure um i'm not sure these things are going to be ruled out a ton this year may i mean i don't know if they'll have the funding to and i think some may be overly optimistic um but low on low on actual profits and, and in a market like this when you're low on profits and high on optimism like you go bankrupt. Yeah. And so I, I'm maybe less optimistic for 2022, but, um, but it sounds like maybe in the gym environment, that could be where we start to see some of this more individualization, which is surprising because you think that would be at first at the home. Um, yeah. But maybe it's more at the gym. Let me ask you a question. I'm, always, I'm curious because this year has been kind of presented uh, to me at least. And I think to most uh, via news and via media as the big comeback year for gyms and, you know, connected fitness or home connected fitness is on, you know, self-correcting it's getting lower and, and gyms are just blowing up doing great. Um, I don't think this is the case. And I'll tell you why, but I'm curious to know what your thoughts are uh, about that. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. So, uh, <clears throat> I'll give Lane Knapp, 
credit because she said it and then I stole it. Um, she's the part of uh, my part of me drinking my chocolate milk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I nothing's changed, man. Yeah, yeah. Colin still loves chocolate milk. Uh, she's the uh, CEO founder of, of City Row, and she called it the the recalibration, right? Which is I think is what mm -hmm. we're seeing now after the pandemic is just this this massive recalibration. I don't really know where it's going to settle between you know our our gyms. A gyms seem to be from the data that I'm hearing and seeing is that they're on fire. Like not literally, but you know, figuratively no, they're, they're on fire, right? Like people are going back. People are super excited to be in the gyms again, taking in-person classes, but like what happens, I mean, you and I have been in the fitness game long enough. We know that enthusiasm is really good to get people started, but long-term motivation is very hard to come by. We haven't figured that out yet. Uh, so what's going to happen? Like, uh, <clears throat> You know, it's it's everyone still has these home devices, right? Like I have my you know home setup from Adam. Um, got a tonal coming, like all super sized. Mm -hmm. You have like more home connected equipment than any person on the Western coast, I think. <laughs> and it's like, so where is it going to come? I don't know yet, but it's. I think we're just going to have to watch the numbers and see how people, um, how consumers behave. Really, it's it's, yeah. it's going to be a fascinating thing. No, it, it'll be, it is interesting to see how it plays out and how it changes because it's still, you know, it's going to change over the years. Yeah. Um, I don't, but I don't buy the data that shows that the gyms are crushing it as much as they say they are. I think so here, and this is why. Yeah. Explain. 30% in California higher, but about 30% of fitness gyms and studios went out of business over the past two years. True. Sadly true. So if yeah. you didn't have, so you had to account for that when you see the growth of these other gyms, because these people who went to gyms, there's less to choose from. Yeah. So over these, and the gyms are saying, oh, we're, we're growing. They're almost back, maybe even slightly above 2019 levels. That means there's still a drop about 20 to 30% people less going to the gyms. So I don't actually buy that gyms as a whole have recovered completely from since pre-pandemic. I think they might be getting closer to where they were, but I still think they there's a chunk bitten out. Absolutely. Yeah. And if if these not if every gym hasn't grown by 25% since pre-pandemic, then I would say there's an overall loss. And, and that's obvious. Like you got to think if even just 1% of people who tried like home fitness during all the shutdowns and everything decided that was a better fit for their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And that's still a 1% loss. So, yeah. <clears throat> and obviously there's more than 1%. So that's why I'm not really buying all the numbers that like <clears throat> when Planet Fitness says like, Hey, we're, we have more people attending than we did before uh, 2020 2020. That's because they bought like a <laughs> thousand new locations from all these bankrupt areas in yeah. all these places. They're the one of the few that survive. So of course they're gonna have bigger numbers. Do they have more numbers per location? They don't reveal that data. And so I yeah. don't really buy it as, uh, I, I buy that it's gonna be a recalibration. Mm -hmm. There's going to be more people obviously going to the gym than there were last year. Mm -hmm. um, and especially you're seeing motivation wise, like, yeah, you couldn't do something for two years. You're gonna try it out. Probably are people who are at all interested, like, oh, finally get out of the house. Think like, you know, I want to do yeah. something or maybe it's a social thing. But uh, I'm curious to see how it'll last. What is it? It's June, not June yet. May 28th. Okay. 
So yeah, I'm curious to see. It's almost summer. I'm curious to see how the rest of the year goes in terms of and, growth. And you and I know what happens in the summer at James. Yeah, it's and it's, uh, it, it gets a little quiet. Generally. It's all and all and all fitness and all fitness. Yeah. I think the outdoor fitness does great. You know, yep. people want to get outdoors and do stuff. Yeah. But you know, indoors, whether it's at home or in the gym, um, it's not going to necessarily be great. And so I'm curious to see what happens when it gets on a regular cycle of January through March is big time. And then the rest of the year is try to like hold on to those people as long as possible for these yeah. gyms. Uh, I'm curious to see how that cycle goes and if they continue their growth and, uh, and how they kind of evolve that kind of ecosystem to involve, you know, connected fitness as a whole, because uh, it, it definitely is going to be interesting to see what happens and it all this advancement in tech it, it really sounds like it sounds expensive it sounds tough yes it sounds like it sounds like less profits uh yes. as a business owner and it sounds like less mom and pop shops being able to compete like you know your local self-owned small studio maybe isn't going to be able to afford to create a whole ecosystem that evolves with each person so it'd be interesting to see um really what happens and all these gyms are expanding like crazy like f45 yeah. i know is a ufc Oof. gym mm -hmm. i mean they're 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 very optimistic and and um maybe they're rightfully so maybe they're overly optimistic i don't know i'm curious. but there is room in the market because so many people did shut down so maybe they're seeing that as an opportunity to capture um some empty market space yeah. And it's, it's one of those things too. And I, I want to get back to the, the financial side of it because uh, that's, I think that's a prediction I would feel pretty solid about, but you know, as, as the gyms, the 30% of gyms that we saw shut down, right. Uh, whatever that number may be, let's just say it's 30 for this conversation. They didn't have strong balance sheets, uh, narrow margins, right. Most, most likely mom and pop. You know, maybe a gym that started within the last two to three years because it's, it's a very vulnerable business during that time. Uh, those got wiped out. And, and some of the big gyms. A lot and of for the big gyms, too. Yeah. I mean, same thing. 24 but, hour and gold went bankrupt. They shut down tons yeah. of locations. Yeah. Um, they got, I think, 24 hour fitness. Or, I mean, uh, gold just kind of got caught with their pants down at the wrong time. You know, that was, yeah, that was a, a kind of, a, I had a little bit of an insider look into that, but the, the, the trend that, you know, financially, here's what, what I think is important is that, you know, we're starting to see how this money is tightening up. It's not as easy. Mm -hmm. Interest rates are higher. Investors are a little bit more cautious. Um, so maybe those projects that sounded cool, you know, like cool tech, right? Just, mm -hmm. oh, that, that sounds cool. Let's do it. But, you know, my big thing I'm always harping on is like, well, okay, but it's cool, but is it getting better fitness and health outcomes at the end of the day. And that's, that's what I'm the ones that I'm always in favor of. So I think having, you know, these, these investors dry up, I think, and even Elon Musk, I think I can't remember what he called it. Like, uh, what do you call it? Market vampires or something like that. Like, he's like, these companies need <laughs> yeah, to go. Like, this is a good thing. Right. Um, and nothing's a good thing. You never want to see people lose jobs or, you know, dreams and all that, but it is, you know, um, if you take your emotions out of it, it's kind of a marker correction that needs to happen. So all of these companies, I talked to a lot of, um, you and I, I, I both talked to a lot of companies who are, you know, founders and things like that, who have some cool tech, but they don't actually don't come from fitness backgrounds. They don't mm -hmm. know, fitness and health outcomes and what it takes for human behavior. They're just building cool things that look like a solution to a problem as an entrepreneur in just about any other field would do. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but I, you know, is the fitness industry different? Are we special because, you know, 
we're dealing with human behavior. No, not really, because human behavior is just about everywhere. But it is really hard to get someone to commit to a fitness regime. It's freaking hard. Uh, yeah. So anyway, that's my thought. I think we're going to see a lot of companies just dry up and kind of disappear. And then the big ones are going to take a, a stronger hold. Yeah, no, and I think I kind of agree. And I know it's not great for people to lose out on businesses, but I, yeah. I do agree that I actually, I actually kind of like recessions. So, and not only, <laughs> the only reason I say that. Uh, You're not the only person I've talked back, to who said that. Uh, yeah. You know, me and you both started, I, I know, mm-hmm. started our gyms oh, wait. during, you know, wait, during a recession. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I love that because it's like, I feel like a lot of cool businesses start in recessions that mm-hmm. couldn't maybe otherwise because. Uh, there is a drawback. There's people, less people um, in the market. And so new things can kind of pop up that are a little bit more um, lower, you know, tighter in budget and and kind of experimentation, I guess, mm-hmm. um, can come pop out of there. And a lot of the like money that just floats around to these maybe inefficient companies um, kind of dry up and it kind of creates a new level. I mean, it shifts our money around to like um, more, maybe the correct places in the market. Um, so no, I mean, it's, it's probably, it's a healthy part of a whole economic cycle for sure. It's, kind of, it's never fun for a lot of people. And, you know, people, if you have your 401k, you know, you're not like, not, you're not like, you should probably look at that very much, but yeah, let's uh, not talk about it. <laughs> hey man, at least you don't have a, no, I sold my Peloton stock in time. What am I thinking? Oh, I had beach body <laughs> yeah. stock. Man. I forgot about my crypto. I let that sit there too long. Oh, so oh no. Was... <laughs> oh, you don't. I'm a, I'm a believer. I never, I'm a holder for life. I'm, I'm I, a holy, yeah, a hodl. I don't care how low it goes. I'll just buy more <laughs> until I just don't have any money. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> no, it's, it's, <clears throat> there's definitely interesting things that come out of a more of a recession environment, which mm-hmm. looks like we're going into. Um, but I do think it's going to slow down and stuff that doesn't generate a profit right away. Yes. And so you might see less cool things that, you know, kind of like uh, Mark Zuckerberg and, and Facebook and, and Oculus, they kind of like got a big shell shock of, you know, how much money they're throwing into it because yeah. of their future projections for VR, which they're probably right. Probably. But in the short term, it, it's a tough to, um, to spend that much money without seeing any kind of profit from it. And so it's definitely interesting. So let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about yeah. VR and fitness. Cause that's a good segue. Mm, and that's something that uh, I'm curious. Have you, have you tried any um, VR stuff at all? Have you been in VR at all? No. Have you entered and the metaverse? I haven't entered the metaverse. I talked oh, to all man. these companies about the metaverse and <laughs> I just haven't done it. I, you know, I, I guess there's a part of me that's like, it's probably way cooler than I think. And I'll probably spend time in it, you know, like, I don't know, I guess. I, okay. I'm going to say it's I'm an existential gonna, crisis I'm gonna predict, for me. I'm going to predict for you that you won't like it, but really, uh, okay. yeah, I don't think Wait, so. I think it gives me relief. Yeah. So I spend a lot, I don't spend a lot of time on it. I spend maybe one or two hours a week testing out various right. fitness apps. But, but you're also a gamer. Right, like you. I'm a. You, I love games. I love yeah. video games. And you know what? I there was a time when I did spend a little bit more time playing VR. VR, um, you know, VR has a ton of applications for in the future for for especially for not just games but for work, uh, for meetings. Mm-hmm. Once they like sure. dial it in, but 
and it's come a long way. Like I was doing VR stuff like six years ago and my mind would have been blown away by what's available so cheaply now hmm. uh, in the space. So the evolution of it has been really fast and it's only going to accelerate. And then the next few years, it's going to be like really insane. Uh, and mass adoption will probably happen at some point this decade or the next yeah. you know five years on my guess once the, the biggest hindrance of course there was two one hindrance they they solved or facebook did was the the wires right hmm. like having a headset that's always wired like for especially for in the fitness realm like you don't want to be having your wires move, on always you. moving around you and have yeah. free movement Sure. And so you don't have to worry about yanking your computer off the desk or, you know, something like that <laughs> <laughs> or like somebody stepping on the wires and like breaking your neck. Right. Yeah. So <clears throat> you don't want that. Um, so they're able to get rid of the wires and still keep pretty decent quality. Uh, but the problem is you saw this big ass headset on your face. Right. Yeah. And uh, it's better. It's lighter. It, it, it's but the hardware is still kind of expensive been. too. Right. I mean, what's a headset? No, like? it's so, cheap. Like, well, what's well, cheap? It's like for Oculus, it's $300. See, I still see that's kind of like, I don't know. I guess I'm very frugal, but I still see that as kind of expensive. I mean, a phone is like $800. A computer is like over $1,000. Yeah. Uh, A video game system. But you you still really can't live without a phone. I mean, you can. I mean, people do. Of course you can. That's fair. You know, Um, computer too. It's it's fundamental to what we do. But and that's I I still think an Oculus is it's a nice thing. It's a cool thing to have, but I don't need it. You know. Yeah, I mean, I don't need headphones that cost two hundred dollars either. I I think it's for for the technology. It is. It's it's actually insanely priced. I think for for the tech that's introduced, but um, it's still not quite there. Right. It's people like some people will use it and it's for fitness, especially like there's no, I think the biggest hindrance, there's a couple hindrances for mass adoption and a couple hindrances for fitness. The mass adoption problem is nobody wants a big headset on their face all the time. If you can thin that down to glasses, uh, you're going to have much more mass adoption. Uh, secondly, if you can, if you can add AR into, it, I think AR is the yes. big um, I don't think VR will ever be as big or I mean, maybe in the way, way future, but in the short term, I think AR is really the big key for mass adoption because if you have glasses, like they have glasses in development by Apple and by other people who should be coming out within the next year or two, not, not this year, but AR is coming. And like when you walk into a grocery store and you're like, where are the apples? And it just points to you like to where the direction are, oh, you know, when you're running you can see like your, your metrics um, and, and you can see your workout and your intervals and you can see the direction in the road that you're supposed to be going. Like that's where I think you'll see people like, Oh, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then they have the option to turn into VR then I think people were like, oh, let me check that out. But I don't think VR is going to be the catalyst that gets people excited about it. I think it's the AR space that's going to really massively bring people into that, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I, I mean, as we talk about it, I think the the big mass adopter, uh, mass adoption, like influence will be workplace and school, right? Like, I mean, I, I've always... 
once again, never done it, totally <laughs> naive to with it. But the thought of like, okay, if, if kids are taking a class, instead of them reading about the pyramids of Egypt, right, they can actually, you know, with their instructor, go in and walk around the pyramids, mm -hmm. right, and learn about stuff like that. That's like a way cooler way of learning, right? Very yeah. engaging. And, you know, maybe kids learn learn better, learn better. <laughs> oh, yeah. Am I even using English, right? Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> and then the workplace, too, is like, well, now so many people work from home and Zoom is is okay, but, um, you know, it's great for now. But just being able to maybe just sit down into a conference room and see everyone in, in, in you know, in 3D, that, that sounds like a very strong uh, incentive for, for mass adoption. Yeah, and that is going to happen sooner for businesses for sure like i know yeah. like oculus for example facebook this year and in terms of like stuff happening this year they're introducing a new vr headset i think it's called like cambria or something um and it's it's much more expensive it's like 800 or nine i think at least 800 or a thousand dollars um but it's more like a comfortable smaller off it's designed for work hmm. uh headset and it'll it has eye tracker it has facial recognition so when you see an avatar on the other end, you can see if they're smiling. I can see what their face looks like, kind of. Yeah. Um, and it has color uh, video pass-through. So it has tons of video cameras around it. So if you want AR, if you want to be able to see the environment around you or mix the environment, so you could like add your table and your mouse to the VR, uh, you could do that. So it's like a mixed reality situation. That's what's coming out um, this year. And... It's not designed for gaming necessarily, but that is a key for element or for VR um, fitness is having that pass through. Because my issue with VR fitness is you can't utilize anything but your own body weight. And even that is limited. Yeah. So you can't really run. You can't really do burpees too much. Like that's not great. You can do squats. You can do, uh, that's why most games are either boxing or just like, you know, arm target swinging, like beat saber and all that types of stuff. And uh, which, I mean, look, it gets your heart rate up. It's great to get people who may never have exercised exercising, but it's not great movement and it's not a good long-term exercise strategy. Right. And so until you can like see, like if you can attach your weights to the VR headset and you can see the weights and you can maybe lift within a VR space, now that would be cool, but you have cool. to have good, AR capabilities um, as well to do that. Have you have you seen like what All of X is doing with their their meta this metaverse? All of X is the name of the company. So they have like I think it's Dustland Rider and Dustland Runner. So I believe, uh, God, I'm probably going to misspeak because it's been a while since I've I've talked to these guys, but uh, I believe it's it's augmented reality as you're running, right? <clears throat> so it'll be like a game, like there'll be you know things, you know, you'll have your ear prods, whatever. And then, you know, you're running from zombies or running from things like that. Uh, and <laughs> I guess I haven't seen it yet, but I just imagine like watching someone be like, is that person having a horrible trip? Like, <laughs> what is like, what is going on in that person's life? Have you tried any of like the, these augmented reality, like fitness type games, the game? I haven't seen things? like, what, what can you buy that allows for augmented reality during fitness? I don't know. I don't know yet. Yeah, I feel yeah. like this. A lot of this stuff is still demoed. I don't know if there's a consumer friendly, um, like AR glasses that actually work that well yet. Um, 
I know that again, I know they're coming, like Apple has theirs coming up, but even theirs is like, I don't think it's designed for like running. It's still a little heavy. It's still, it's not like purely glass. It's audio. Um, so it's an okay, audio. audio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what yeah. they're doing is they're, they're building it. So it's an audio game. <laughs> And they, uh, they use NFTs and DOS tokens uh, in order to motivate people. And that's another thing. That's an interesting trend as well. It's like earning money to work out. I, I, I mean, I know there's some people that are on board with that. I feel like it's a scam. I always feel like it's like, yeah, you can earn money watching ads. And we're like, it's just like, whatever. I don't know. I don't feel like that's going to be a mainstream thing where you can earn money. Like nobody, I don't think people care that much about earning 10 cents to like right. run. I mean, may I saw I might be wrong too. I, I it just seems like I just don't like that type of stuff that much. I, I'd rather yeah. it just be really good on itself rather than about earning a few. I mean, it just to me it seems like those things where you take surveys or you oh if I if I watch this many ads, I'll get a dollar, right? If I yeah. I don't know. Um but maybe, maybe it's a I mean, I'm sure it'll continue to grow. And I know there are like things like that with tokens and NFTs. Uh, I just feel like a lot of them still are scammy, but. Yeah. And it's, I guess it's just the first stage of the actual, like, you know, having a collect, like having one token for an entire fitness metaverse, right. Where you can play all different kinds of games and you can, you know, this stuff is, it's still beyond me. And, uh, you know, I, when I interview these guys, I, I come out and like, listen, like explain this to me like I'm four years old because I'm pretty sure I'm not getting it. And I think that means that most people aren't really getting it. Like, yeah, we understand from a high level, like what an NFT is. Yes. Fungible. I know mm -hmm. what that means. Right. Non-fungible. Like I get that, but still why, like, why is someone paying so much for, a, you know, a, oh, for a dinosaur, like a clown dinosaur. Right. Like, well, okay. That's, that's another, that's a whole other, <laughs> that's, that's a whole, that's a whole, we can go that for a long time, but that's a different thing. But I mean, that could be involved with fitness. It's definitely trying to get involved with video games. There's mm -hmm. big pushbacks on it too. So yeah. consumers don't necessarily, it's a, it's seen as a way for companies to just make more money. Um, the best, the customers right now are pushing back hard on that and uh, companies who are pushing NFTs hard are getting kind of, push back but it'll probably end up happening especially since it's so valuable to like musicians and artists and all yeah. that to be able to control their um content digitally but it's uh that's i don't know with the fitness that's that's it's gonna be a whole interesting concept um but yeah vr is uh i don't know i, I think it's a i think it's pretty far away even though there are tons of people doing vr fitness now again it's just like i don't see it improving much more than some basic like boxing or uh arms well, let me, let me ask this you're yeah dad. i don't have kids so you have a unique perspective on this okay how much do you want your daughter <laughs> in the metaverse so i'm in these groups all these different fitness groups because i okay. monitor them and the um, oculus group is hilarious because it's like um they'll be pictured they'll post like the picture of like they're a three-year-old with this vr unit and be like all proud of their setup and other people will be like bashing them and then they'll be like hey get the hell out of this group if you're gonna be bashing like it's people are weird uh and then you know they say it's not designed for kids i don't think it is designed for i mean there's so much study that needs to be done because it does warp your sense of like reality kind of yeah. and i <clears throat> but i don't want to push back against it too much because i know like 
when I was a kid, people always thought, oh, video games are going to make you violent and lazy. And, you know, it's, it's not true at all. It's never been proven. Like studies don't show that at all when you actually mm-hmm. look at it. But uh, so you can't really make claims until good studies are done. Um, but in terms of eye development, I'm pretty confident that you looking I don't, again, I'm not like an expert, but I'm pretty confident you probably shouldn't be in VR too much as a, when your eyes are developing and that your senses sense. are developing and your awareness of what's around you. Cause it does warp that pretty good. It's, that's the big thing about VR is like, you'll be surprised how quickly you start adapting to like, where you feel like the environment around you is real. Even when it's like low res and not even that great looking because it surrounds you and it interacts with you, it feels much more realistic than it otherwise would. Uh, so when you, when your brain you, just interprets it differently. When you're in a VR set, VR session, is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. I don't, <clears throat> and then oh. you come out, do you feel, do you feel a sense of disorientation? <clears throat> um, not really. I don't too much, but I would imagine you would if there was, if you were more on like a treadmill type. So they have like VR mm. treadmill so you could like walk. So I don't, I can't walk like in VR. I mean, I can take a few steps maybe in like a little circle, but you know, I'm not going too far. Um, but I would imagine that if you were moving a lot and having your sense of speed and, and movement tied to what you're seeing on there for a decent amount of time, then I would think that like, if you got out of it, it might be like a little bit of a ocean leg type of situation. Um, so yeah, no, but, uh, I'm not sure, uh, it's going to be, I don't know if, I, I don't know how it is for kids, but. I would wait until actual study. I think three, she's like four years old. I would say like probably not their best age for VR. Like she doesn't even like, if you can't have a phone, you probably should be in VR. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think that's the thing too, is like, I, once again, disclaimer, don't have kids Mm -hmm. easy for me to just kind of look and and not, but, and I'm not being judgmental. I'm just observing, Mm -hmm. but it's so much easier, especially like, uh, you know, families with, both parents work and super busy and multiple kids. Like at times just giving a kid an iPad is, is the safest, easiest way to, to keep them entertained. Right. And mm-hmm. then, but then all of a sudden, like I've seen this with my friend's kids, like then, then the iPads, everything, it becomes, you know, a, a screaming match if you take it away. And I'm wondering like if VR, and this is the existential questions that I, I dance with all the time with this mm-hmm. stuff is like, okay, well that's like even deeper, right down that, that rabbit trail. And, you know, asking, I ask like the FedExR and all of X and these, these executives and founders, I go, I'm like, uh, okay, this is really cool guys, but do we want this? Like, is this like ready player one? Like, do we want this right uh, where this is going? mm -hmm. So I would argue that that there's a lot of fear around it, but I would argue too that like, so the iPad, well, for one, like if you're, this is my opinion, of course, we can have their own opinion and I don't judge anybody about this to their own stuff. Yeah. But for me, if like my, like my daughter can use an iPad during certain situations because I think game learning to play games and development on that is good. Sure. Uh, if she ever, she doesn't do it a ton. And if she ever did it, if she ever does it enough where she, like if I take it away from her, she like complains, then she doesn't see it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like definitely you don't want like somebody to be like they have to have that yeah. as their source of like entertainment or development. But uh, I think iPads, especially if they're not watching like YouTube junk, if they're actually interacting with a game, 
that's way better than when I was a kid and we just sat and watched TV and it's non-interactive. <laughs> like I think games are way, way better, way more developmental, like way better for kids than just watching TV. And so you're actually phys- you're actually doing something. You're reacting, you're learning, you're you're there's there's lots of development happening within games that you don't get by being just like a non-active participant. Mm-hmm. And and in VR, not only are you interacting you're not just interacting with your finger, you're interacting with your whole body now. So it's actually movement and there's social elements too, because you can talk to other people that you actually see physically like there. So in, in many ways, it's much more socially, a better way to develop social habits and a better way to develop like learning and just overall development than if the alternative is just watching, having them watch TV. Right. So I, I think, that is where I kind of stand on it. Of course, it's not as good as just going to the backyard with your actual friends and just jumping <laughs> right. around, right? So right, right, right. I don't think right. it could, I don't think it should replace that. But uh, in terms of like, hey, can I use an hour of TV or an hour of VR? And unless there's some developmental issues with the eye and, and movement, I would think VR is a is better for kids in terms of like learning, um, just developmentally. But, um, and because this is the future, because, you know, as an older person, I'm, you're a little older than me, I'm a little (laughs) younger. And then there's people younger than me who are much more tech savvy than that. And people are younger than them. So if you, I I don't like when people keep their kids away from tech too much because it's like, they need to learn these skills. And if you learn them young, you are going to be so much more successful. Like it blows my mind that people don't learn how to type in school. Like I've never written more than like 10 words in the past, like, physically in like the past year. Did, did you learn have... cursive when you were growing up? I, so <laughs> I, uh, I, I think I was, I, I think they attempted to teach me cursive. I don't think I did very good at it, yeah. Uh, but yeah, what a waste. What a waste of time. Cursive. Yeah. Is. I had to learn cursive. Garbage. Yeah. Like, right. yeah I, want learn, I want to learn how to type in, <laughs> just type like um, hit a rock and stone. It looks and, cool. And do hieroglyphics. Like I'll look and, back uh, at like letters my dad wrote me in cursive. I'm yeah. like, ah, that looks pretty cool. You know, there, there's something about the the nice handwritten. But you know there's what? Something I, can about type, it. I can type in cursive. So, <laughs> you know, if I, and, and now I'm stuck with two finger, you know, two finger calling yeah. back in a way. Now I can do 60 words a minute with two fingers. It'll blow your mind. But that's impressive. Uh, imagine, imagine I'm if impressed. I had 10 fingers typing away. But I, and I've tried to learn it, but it's harder when you get old because then it's like, especially if you write workout programs, because there's so many damn numbers and X, like X's that like, if you want to write a workout program, you're never going to learn how to type because it's going to take you 10 years to write that workout program. <laughs> and so, and so it's never been able to uh, actually learn. Uh, so I'm, this is me for the rest of my life. It's, they're strong. Never going to change. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, it's. I always think it's it's sad when uh, people push against tech or future stuff too much because they're just, you know, pushing their kids' uh, development back and hurting them for the future. And so, um, but I want I want to hit some other topics because uh, yeah, yeah, on fitness, yeah, I have a couple more. But we have some time because uh, I want to talk just, and we'll kind of sh- we can just like shoot through a couple of these because some of them are silly, some of them. Um, are we talk a little more of so here's a short really short quick random one do you think jack's jocks will change their name in 2022 <laughs> the worst i mean the worst name of all time jack's yeah. jocks i try to say it I, my my thing is if you can't say a name five times fast for a company name then it's a bad name 
I, I don't think I've ever actually <laughs> spoken it out loud. So Jack's Jocks, there, I just did it for yes. the first time. And no, it doesn't, it doesn't feel good saying. No. So no. I, I don't know. I hope they're listening. I hope 2022, Jack's Jocks <laughs> changed to Jack Smack. I mean, anything, anything that just rolls off the tongue <laughs> smack better, uh, Jack's Jocks. Well, if you're an athlete, you just think of a guy named Jack, right? Jacks. It's not even Jack. If it was Jack no? Jocks, it would be better. It's Jack's Jocks. <laughs> Jack Jocks would be 10 times better. Yeah. I could say Jack Jocks. Well, Jacks, like Jacks as if the possessive term of Jack. And then okay. Jocks, which would jocks. be like jock, multiple Jock straps. Jack Socks. I, I don't know. It's... it's uh, it was my least favorite video to make because I had to like re-say <laughs> that name so many times. Uh, their equipment's cool, but their name, Jesus. Yeah, the okay, right here it's great. Uh, let's let's talk about wearables. Uh, mm -hmm. <clears throat> there's already been a ton of different wearables released this year from like Garmin and Polar. Uh, Apple's definitely going to have a new watch coming out this year. Uh, Google Pixel Watch is coming um, later this year. They announced. Is there anything? Do you wear any uh, wearables? Do you have any like smart watches? I have a Garmin. Garmin, what's one? Phoenix one's Five. Okay. Uh, how I'm do you Gar feel about wearables? I feel like life. they are the un like they the unappreciated. They're appreciated, but they're like they are probably the most technologically advancing, massively adopted tech that I've seen. Crazy. Like when I test out these things, I'm like, what? How do they these things are really crazy smart and I'm blown away constantly by the development of them and they've received mass adoption. Like I think 40 or 60% of everybody has a smart wearable. So that is a, an industry that's of connected fitness that is like not going anywhere. And you're not seeing any kind of dip post pandemic. It just blows up more because yep. now you can use it outdoors or yep. in a gym or whatever. Is there anything that you've heard of or any direction or any new feature that you think is coming possibly this year or, or soon that you've heard of or that you're excited about? Yeah, I think uh, I'll kind of put it into a, a category, but I think specific use cases for wearables. So um, mm -hmm. Whoop, I know, is working with like uh, Battle Cancer, um, which is mm -hmm. a, uh, an organization that raises, you know, obviously raises funds for cancer, very into the CrossFit community. Uh, they're also working on, um, specific femtech. That's the hot term now, uh, femtech applications. So, uh, maybe, you know, uh, <laughs> this is going to sound crazy, but notifying a woman, if she may be pregnant or, mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> pre and postnatal care, or, you know, you know, helping, you know, dealing with menstruation during training. Uh, mm -hmm. menstrual cycles, things like that. So I think there's, you know, specific use cases that now the data um, is starting to be applied to. And that I think they're doing that now. Out. I think they're doing yeah. that now. And that's something that me and you knew about growing. for a long time in terms of like development of programs for, for women is like, yeah. you have to compensate for that because you're training. If you want to make an effective program, you can alter that around um, based on that. So definitely in nutrition. I mean, women's nutrition mm -hmm. is far different. Like women or guys have a 24 hour hormonal cycle. Women have mm -hmm. 30 days. Like that's, that it's a whole different situation, right? Mm -hmm. Like we just, we adapt much faster to, to things because we can. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, so like, um, it's, I'll get a strongly word letter on that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not super interesting that the case used for different types of populations uh, mm -hmm. for wearables and 
what it'll end up being. I'm, I'm really interested in the development of uh, glucose. We we're talking about last week, glucose monitoring. CGM. Yeah. And right now the answer to glucose monitoring is things like levels where you, you stack a, a little pin that goes into your blood. So it reads it constantly, but there's been in development for several years now is uh, being able to monitor your glucose via um, just like lasers pretty much mm-hmm. or like lights. And uh, yeah, that's been supposed to come out every year for a while. I st- it still doesn't seem ready. It must be not like that accurate. Um, but I think that'll be a big game changer for when I get added to the Apple Watch and all these bigger wa- like things for people to be like recognize. Oh, hey, like your blood sugar is high. Like go yeah. for a walk now if you don't want to yeah. like gain weight, right? Like uh, there and there could be learned like you know AI models of like different people like. If they just worked out, it might be like it might register differently. So it's curious to see how the development of all that is. Um, the big thing too, I think, for wearables is they're not super effective for like strength training. Like uh, they can kind of count reps sometimes, but they're never really accurate. I, I don't even they, bother starting a strength training workout on my wearable. I just don't bother. Yeah. So I feel like, and I don't know what the answer is to that. I don't know if there is an answer for wearables and strength training. Uh, maybe it's just not the right solution for that. But um, I feel like that's kind of like a big missing spot for them. Yeah. Uh, well, that's, that's, I think it's going to take a fresh approach with new eyes, you know, yeah. on, on how we quantify strength training for health purposes and, and results. And I know that's one of the things going back to is like t- uh, tonal. That's one of the things they're looking at is that exact problem is like, okay, so I can wear, you know, my Garmin or even like a Morpheus device, which is more specific to training. And still you put on during a strength workout and it gives you no data because it's like your heart rate maybe goes up a little bit, you know, but then it goes back down. So it doesn't look like you're burning any calories and everyone wants to see the calorie burn, right? Everyone wants to see the calorie burn. Yeah. We all know like there is a lot of stuff that happens in your body when you're strength training and you know, it does help with fat loss significantly. Uh, And there's so many health benefits to it. So how do we quantify that? I think it's just going to take a fresh look because uh, there's probably mm-hmm. something that that we're missing. Yeah, no, there definitely needs to be ways to like qu- quantify a measurement like of uh, blood uh, flow through various muscles because then you can actually see like oh yeah, um, like people call it the pump, but basically that you can really analyze those type mm-hmm. of numbers to be able to see like how effective or how much work you're doing for that strength to yeah. to be able to create growth in that area or whatever your goal is. So there, like what, there's so oh, much your rest, stuff. Mm-hmm. What's your resting heart rate? Uh, it's I, right now it's like 59 ish. Okay. On average. Yeah. It's like 59 ish, 59 ish. Yeah. And I mean, and you don't, do you do a ton of cardio? Like you're not a cardio junkie. Like you're not out running like 20 miles a week. Right. So I do a ton of cardio but that may be different than what people may think that means. Uh, <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a, I'm five foot like eight and a half. I like to say five foot nine, but five foot yeah, truly yeah. eight and a half. I I'm weigh like two hundred pounds. I weigh like two hundred pounds. So if I run ten miles, that's an enormously difficult task for somebody with my structure. Yeah. Uh, so, but I run and bike like together. Run, bike, row. Probably like a total of like five out four or five hours a week. Okay. Um, which is to me makes me a cardio junkie, but yeah. for other people like that's, that's like, nice. cause that's way more than I've ever done in the past because, but, um, so, and, and my heart rate has dropped consistently 
yeah. uh, since when I started before where I just did strength work primarily. But, well, I, and my point is, I, my hunch is that I think there is a significant uh, relationship to resting heart rate and strength training. I think it has a much stronger effect positively on resting heart rate than people may realize. And I think oh, that okay. would be an interesting uh, thing because like all those things, it just, it, your blood flow increases, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so just a hunch, not a scientist, not even close. But I think, you know, as time goes, there may be a relationship to those things. And that would be, you know, a direct incentive for people to do more strength training. Yeah. No, I mean, there's, there's, um, there's so many benefits of strength training, but it's hard to quantify and people don't do mm-hmm. it correctly because of that. And their, their hammer approach where you use a hammer for every solution is the heart rate, uh, yeah. which is obviously mostly irrelevant for, um, strength training. It's, it's marginally useful in some cases, but it's, uh. Yeah, hopefully there's, you know, new solutions coming. Um, another thing, so last thing I want to just talk about real quick um, is Peloton. Obviously, mm-hmm. Peloton's the the biggest name right now in Connected Fitness, uh, and they have gone through the biggest hardships this year or the past year through Connected Fitness because of their perception of what the future would be and the reality of what the future is. Um, they just thought things would be so much bigger uh, sustainably than they were. And so their stock, um, I think I mentioned this has dropped from like a peak of 170 to now it's like $14. Uh, and uh, they, their CEO dropped. Um, he's still kind of like running scenes from the back end, but they have a new CEO, Barry McCarthy, who used to like run with like Spotify and, and some other things. Uh, he's pretty old though. And I don't think he's, He's like, he doesn't seem that into it. He seems pretty much over it at this point. And so <laughs> I feel like he's definitely like a closer to help get the company a little bit better positioning to, to be able to sell. Um, so I'm curious if and when they're going to be sold and if they're going to be sold this year. Um, if a fitness, if the biggest fitness connected fitness company could be sold to a tech giant, who do you think would be the best job? Uh, I'm going to give you... Three, I'll give you three choices: uh, Apple, mm. Google. Four choices: Amazon, or Netflix. I'm a big Apple guy. Uh, okay. I, I I like. I just I I think they make the best products. I, I I like the way they do business, and I just like the brand. I think it's a cool brand. You know, they've always been that rebellious brand. Um, so that would be my. I, that's who I'd be rooting for. Um, okay. You know, but all, then again, like I also have um, Google's like central to my life. Um, but I don't know. I definitely, I hope not Amazon. Um, and <laughs> what was, uh, what was the last one? Get it in two days. Oh, Netflix. You, you ne- Netflix would be cool. I think Netflix would be interesting because it's you know really that they're media companies, mm-hmm. right? I mean that's what Peloton yep. is. It's it's a it's a content media company. Um, you know, some hardware attached to it. So Netflix actually would be really. I would cheer for Apple, but Netflix seems to me in my first thought seems to make the most sense. And those brands seem to meld really well together. What do you think? Yeah. I I'm more in the Netflix boat too. Okay. Um, I think Apple has amazing products. I think their content sucks. Mm. Like I don't watch Apple TV and I don't take Apple fitness plus classes and I don't yeah. take play games on Apple arcade because they're not good. Like in general, they're, I don't feel like Apple is a great content company. Uh, they played very, you said they're rebellious, but they play extremely safe in content. So safe that it's just like, it's boring. It's, 
it's not interesting to me. Uh, so I really don't would like not like Apple because it feels like Peloton's already kind of like that where it's, but they're, they're enough different. They allow them to be different. So I, I do like, I don't know. I would say Netflix would be great because I think it would allow the most spread of fitness. Hmm. You know, people see that big Peloton button on Netflix. At least they have like an option to like do a 10 minute stretch. I mean, at the very least, I mean, I think it'd be kind of interesting to see a media company put that first. And that is one last thing too. I wanted to mention, because I know a lot of these companies are talking about, you know, in terms of 2022 and what they want to do, making cooler, fancier fitness tech. But is that even the right direction? Because I feel like the company who's doing best doesn't have the best fitness tech. They have the best content. And I feel like all these companies are ignoring improving their content. Like they don't even try. They just think that the tech will make up for it. And I don't know if the tech will ever make up for good content. I think good content will always override good tech. And so I'm curious, you know, about kind of the balancing act of that, because everybody I talk to who's so tech focused, they completely ignore the fact that their instructors are boring, are not entertaining, are yeah. not good at motivating. They think the tech will do the job. Um, and on the other side, there's people you know, who just focus on that, maybe not so much on the tech. Um, I think Peloton, maybe why they do so well is they had a decent balance. I mean, their tech is, their UI is great. So their tech works good. It makes the process seamless, which is good enough. Um, as I mentioned with like the Peloton guide, I don't like, I think it's kind of worthless. It doesn't really add any value, but the end of the day, when you take a Peloton instructor's class, you're going to more than likely find somebody that's going to, you're going to resonate and be entertained by, which is going to make you want to come back. And there's a social element too. So I'm curious if companies who are super focused on advancing fitness tech within the home are focusing on the wrong issue. And right. if media companies are going to be the ones that end up kind of winning it out because they're focusing on the bigger problem, which is more entertaining, interactive, social experiences. It's an important question for the, for this specific industry. And I, I kind of leave it with, I'll, I'll leave us with these thoughts is that the, mm -hmm. um, if you're gonna, if you're gonna play the content game, right. You got to do it extremely well. Mm -hmm. Otherwise it just makes you look bad. Um, but if you're not like, I would suggest, unless you're going to go all in on like an, a studio experience, right. Um, then you can't half-ass it because mm -hmm. you'll get crushed by these people who are doing it extremely well. Cause that's what they do. You know? <laughs> um, then again, like you look at other ones where like, you're just trying to be more of a smart personal trainer, like a tonal again, like that's there. They're not going for, for studio content. Right. They're just going to produce, you know, little short bits of content, but then having the, the intelligence and, and, reducing friction in someone's ability to actually exercise. Um, so there's different ways to approach it, but yeah, that's mm -hmm. the thing is, and that's what we saw during the pandemic is so many companies pivoted, which is another word I'm glad we're not using all the time anymore. Um, and then they started doing omni-channel, you know, producing instant content, but they just did it horribly and it just made them yeah. look bad. Right. But I get it. We had, we had, they had to do something. 
Um, but I think that's that's my take is unless if you're going to play that game, you better be prepared to go all in. You better get the best talent because that's another mm-hmm. thing. It's the industry has changed significantly over the last three years since you and I were really yeah. in the floor is like talent, coaching talent, trainers. Like mm-hmm. these people are rock stars and they get paid a lot on the high yeah. end. Like it's yeah, a very good living. They're celebrities. And they, and they should because, you know, what they do is hard. And it's rare to find. So, like you mentioned, Tonal, like one of the um, um, our producer uh, Seth, he bought it, got into it recently, and you know he he likes the the tech, but you know one of the things he mentioned was just like, man, the classes suck. Like not yeah. the actual what you do in them suck, but like the the production, it just isn't. And when you, if you're used to Peloton, and I was, then it kind of it feels less you feel less drawn to take something that has less quality and you know because i i had taken a break from peloton for a while because i've been testing so much stuff and then when i went back i was like i was just watching the instructor and how they acted and they are so well trained like when they're like there's so many like when like one of the issues many people have is they just continuously talk 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 yeah you know peloton they're like you can see that the instructors will they'll say like a few words take a deep breath more words it's just like you know they'll even stop for like 30 seconds just let the music go like they are just and they're just so spot on with their production quality both in terms of like the music side of things and how the instructors kind of understand what makes a good experience um that's really what peloton does on a whole nother level and it's still kind of interesting to me that nobody else has attempted it almost seems like to ma- like all you do is like study what they do and be like, Hey, let me find, there is talent out there. There's tons of talent out there. Mm-hmm. You could train people to do this. Uh, but nobody seems to have really put a lot of emphasis on doing so, even though it may be the most important, like screw spending millions of dollars in development, like spend a couple hundred thousand on finding and training amazing coaches. Content but, is king, uh, man. It always uh, has been. Content will be interesting. Will be interesting. All right. So I think I'm going to let you go to your plane. I don't want you to be late. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's right. I got to get on a plane. I'm literally yeah. got to get on a plane. Uh, yep. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, play this a little bit from Tempo. Thanks again to Tempo for being our sponsor. And we will see you all again next week if you join us. Later. And now a big thank you to Tempo, who has helped make the weekly want possible by sponsoring this episode. In a connected fitness landscape that is changing so rapidly and with the fairly high price it can take to build out your own connected fitness home gym, it's nice to know which products are future-proof and which may become obsolete in just a few years. And that's why I love the Tempo Move. It uses high-quality dumbbells and Olympic-style plates, as well as since it utilizes the tech powered by your iPhone, it is built to last long into the future. And that's important because nobody wants to invest money into something that may not last or be made obsolete within just a matter of years. Make sure to check out the Tempo Move with the link below if you haven't done so already.